Hello listeners and welcome to Conversations to Connect, where we connect community to services. Today with me is the wonderful Kyle. How are you going, Kyle? I'm good, thanks. How are you? Yeah, good, good. Thanks for joining us. Um, let's just get right into it. Where are you from? What do you do? Give us the lowdown. All right, so I work for the ATDC, which is the Alcohol, Tobacco and Drug Council of Tasmania. Mm-hmm. So we're the peak body for the drug and alcohol or alcohol and other drug sector in Tasmania. What a peak body is, it's a bit confusing. It's kind of hard to explain. Essentially, we're kind of like, I don't know, the point of the umbrella, if you want right. to say. And yeah. we kind of um, are the middlemen between the sector. So all the organisations, community um, organisations and the government. Mm-hmm. To put it, to kind of explain it a little bit better, each of us in the ATDC office have a specific project that we're responsible for mm-hmm. that helps service the whole sector somehow. Mm-hmm. Like well, like my supervisor, she looks at policy staff. Um, one of my colleagues, he he works on raising capacity of the sector, so like right. training and all that kind of yep. stuff. For me, my role is the consumer um, representative coordinator. Mm-hmm. So what that means, I'll break it down. A consumer representative is uh, someone who has lived experience in alcohol or other drug um, uh, other drug situation. Mm-hmm. So that could be um, as a user themselves um, at varying levels on their recovering journey. They could be currently using, they mm-hmm. could be 20 years um, completely abstinent or even people who are like the friends and family of people mm-hmm. who use, all that comes under the the term consumer because mm-hmm. they're consuming a service, you know, they're yep. paying for a service. Mm-hmm. So if you go yeah, you go to, a, go to a drug rehab, you're a consumer because yep. you're paying to be there. Mm-hmm. What I do is, is I help identify and support individuals who then want to go out and speak about their experience in drug and alcohol yep. as a representative of the lived experience community. Cool. Does that make sense? It's it's it pretty does, broad. I'll give you some examples yeah, in a sec. But yeah, <laughs> it does. It does make sense. So, um, just to recap, so that I know, I understand. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're kind of like a bit of an advocate for people who know. Yeah. No, yeah. So so I match make between people who have a story to tell mm-hmm. and services that want to hear it. Okay. Right. So yeah. you're. The middleman. Yep, on the middleman. Yeah. Okay. So, so a lived experience advocate or a consumer representative, we use mm-hmm. those those terms interchangeably at the moment, is someone who's willing to sit on an interview panel. Mm-hmm. So if if you know there's a a service is recruiting a new case manager for their drug and alcohol rehab, mm-hmm. they'll want a consumer representative mm-hmm. slash lived experience advocate, someone who's been in the service to come sit on that panel, so they can bring the voice of lived experience. Yeah. You know, I, the other, the boss, the CEO, and the other case manager can look at this recruit and think mm, they satisfy this and that. Mm-hmm. Whereas a consumer representative, someone who's had experience on the other side, can say, "Yeah, but what about this? Let's consider this." You know, as an actual person using the service, let's consider this before we um, screen this person. Yeah, that's just one example of how um, me and my service is responsible for matching consumer representatives up with opportunities for their voice to be heard. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
yes, I do understand. It is broad. It is, it's, it's pretty vague and it's hard yeah. to – because, I mean, I can get up there and say, hey, I'm a consumer representative coordinator and yeah. no one knows what that what means. What does that mean? Yeah, exactly. And then I say, well, I, you know, I help with the consumer representatives. Oh, okay, what does that mean? Yeah. Well, consumers are, yeah, representatives exactly. are. Let me get out my spreadsheet <laughs> yeah, and get some string and we'll line it all up pretty much. <laughs> um, okay, cool. So say if somebody wanted to be a consumer representative, they'd get in contact with ATDC yeah. and then ATDC would – put them in contact with you. That's correct. Yep. So if someone wants to be a consumer representative, um, and I'll also mention that all our reps get paid for their time. Oh. So it's not a volunteer thing. Mm. Um, they get paid, which means we also support them. But because of that, that means that um, we have a bit of a screening process too before mm. we take someone on as a consumer rep. Mm-hmm. Um, we haven't officially launched the service. It's only been kind of... Uh, it, until I began in December, it didn't really exist. Yep. So uh, me and my colleagues have been working to build up this service. Mm-hmm. We've got a soft launch in September. But in the meantime, um, if you want to be a consumer representative, you can contact me directly at kyle at atdc.org.au. That's K-Y-L-E at atdc.org.au. And say, hey, look, this is just introduce yourself. This is who I am. Um, this is my lived experience with drug and alcohol. Mm-hmm. Either you know I'm currently using, or I've been on my journey for five years, or I'm mm-hmm. currently engaged in drug and alcohol counselling. If you give me a bit of, an, of a rundown and then an explanation of, oh, this is why I'd like to participate. Mm-hmm. I've had a bad experience. I want, want to make sure no one else goes through that again. Or I feel like I've learned a lot, and I just want to help people. And then you and I can have a discussion, and we can see uh, if the rep service is the best fit for you. And then uh, we can hopefully get you inducted and then um, start finding your roles to help share your story. Mm. Yeah, so it's mainly about sharing your story and and helping inform. Do you sit on things like policy making, that kind of thing, like helping inform yeah. policy, giving that kind of gateway to the community mm-hmm. that it's actually affecting? Yeah, so I'll give you just over the last two weeks some examples of consumer rep roles that we filled. Um, we had a kind of a podcast uh, recording last week where we sat down with five reps to talk mm-hmm. about moments where they've experienced um, stigma or discrimination. Right. So those stories will now be um, edited down into a smaller form and used for um, stigma training. Yeah. So that's a direct way that they're helped. Today we had a meeting at the ATDC and we had a consumer representative attend that meeting, mm-hmm. which means they you know receive the minutes, they receive the agenda, they sit around the table with the rest of the representatives from all the drug and alcohol services in the sector and they have equal input. They have something to say and obviously we pay them for their time because their expertise is valued. Um, We've got consumer representatives helping to coordinate and plan the International Overdose Awareness Day project this year. And that's just just what's happened in the last two weeks. You know, we've got... Heaps of work. Heaps, so that's, so that's, and we've got heaps coming and more going and we've got about 14 reps on our list at the moment. So it's continually continuing to grow. Yeah, that sounds really important and super empowering for the people as well because, they, like you said, their opinions are valued and mm. important and need to be heard. Mm. So giving them the opportunity in, in that kind of space is something that I'm seeing more with organisations but it's it's not commonly done, I don't mm. think. No, no. And... and Again, it's growing. People are starting to understand that lived experience, the voice of lived experience ethically needs to be heard mm. um, because especially in, in the alcohol and other drug sector, a lot of people experiencing dependence on, on substance, they're really treated like they're 
lower class citizens. They're treated like their their voice is manipulative. Yeah. You know, one of the stigma stories um, that we heard last week in this podcast was about one one of our representatives. Um, he was engaged with the service. The service made a mistake, but he took all the blame because the mm-hmm. assumption is that, oh, hey, look, you know, obviously you're just lying to, you're, yeah. you're manipulating us. And so the sector is starting to realise that, you know, collectively we've got this this bias and mm-hmm. we're starting to address it. Um, so I actually know these guys have some really important stuff to say ethically and morally. But the other benefit is that there's actually really positive practical applications. Mm-hmm. You know, we when I'm working with reps... They're seeing stuff that I've never seen before that I can't see. Like I don't have lived experience yeah. that I can bring to the table. Whereas they can turn around and say, well, actually, you know, for example, yeah, you want to hire this person. What about this? Have you considered this? You know, this is going to be a barrier. Or, mm. yeah, I'll, you know, the, um, I'll give you a great example. We had our conference last week and one of our consumer reps was at our the ATDC conference mm-hmm. a couple of weeks ago, sorry, and we asked for some feedback and – the feedback he gave to me was something that only someone with lived experience would have spotted and, yeah. and it will make our next conference so much better because of it. So just practically speaking, it's just really beneficial. Yeah. And so luckily the services in our sector, in the drug and alcohol sector, are getting behind it. They're like, yeah, let's, let's get some consumer reps in. Let's get some lived experience advocates. Let's find out what they can see that we can't. Yeah. And, and when you were talking about how people can get in contact with you, um, and I know that the ATDC has a no harm, no discrimination in, in like it's in the title on the mm. on the website. Um, so you're not going to discriminate against anybody if they're still using drugs or, or, or where they are on their journey. What What's the process there for people? Yeah, absolutely. So we've got people on our service who are actively currently using mm. and they're absolutely fine with it. Um, we've had people in our service that are... Um, they're making money yeah. out there, um, and we don't we don't harm, we don't discriminate. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's actually a pretty valid voice that needs to be heard. Yeah. Because, for example, if you're out there and you're um, actively using heroin, for mm. example, um, there's actually a lot of services that would love to get your attention as a client, as a consumer. Mm. So if we can say, hey, look, actually, we've got this consumer rep, doesn't want to change their use, but is happy to have a chat, their feedback is going to be so beneficial because they can say, well, these are the reasons I don't want to come to your service. Mm. This is the way your service makes me feel. This is actually what I want. Mm. So it's just like if you take out all the moral questions, if you you stop seeing drug and alcohol use as a moral issue Mm. and see this is a health issue, you can be like, oh, wow, that makes a lot of sense. These are barriers that we didn't even consider. So to answer your question, if people approach me in, in an email or even ATDC and say, hey, look, this is what I'm doing. I've been doing this for, you know, 20 years. I've got no issues with it, but I'd still love to participate. Mm. Absolutely. I've got, you know, I've got a, I've got a opening for you. That's amazing. Yeah, that's really cool. I think that, that the, like, no discrimination is something that is really important in every sector and in every community service organisation, but to actually know that, it, it's it's an open, safe space mm. is something that it is a barrier for a lot of organisations and knowing that your voice will be heard and understanding that y- you're, you have knowledge that we need to mm. be able to help other people is something that's really, really powerful. Mm. 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 Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Um, what other kind of 
things do you got, do you do as a consumer representative? So you you sit on policies, that kind of thing, yeah. and you go to other organisations as well, or yeah, look, it, it's all dependent on what the services request, um, and it depends on what you want to do as well. So mm-hmm. there's lots of um, there's things like sitting on meetings. Mm-hmm. Um, there's things like uh, helping deliver workshops. There's yeah. things like um, public speaking, all the way down to reviewing brochures or just reviewing written material. Yeah. Sitting on interview panels. Um, yeah. This it's it's a big it's a broad broad range mm-hmm. and it'll just keep getting bigger and bigger. There is going to be coming up. There's going to be a lot of requests for consumer reps to sit on meetings. Mm-hmm. So working groups, policy making groups, um, even just sometimes like if you know if you've got a service, like if there's a treatment service here in Hobart mm-hmm. and they're having like, you know, a monthly meeting, mm-hmm. eventually they're going to need to have a consumer rep to sit on that meeting. You know, it's just going to be part of their accreditation. It's going to be a, a requirement. Right. So it's just going to keep building and building the yeah. consumer representative space. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And just mainly for my own knowledge, <laughs> um, the ATDC, as an overall branching, I know that it's a huge organisation, but how, like what, what kind of services do they provide if people are listening and they're, they're not quite ready to jump into a consumer representative role? What are some other things that people can get involved in? So the ATDC isn't... Uh, that client focused or mm-hmm. consumer focused. It's right. actually more for organisations. Right. So the consumer representative service is the first time there's really been a space for individuals right. to kind of engage with the ATDC. Generally, mm-hmm. it's it's our men, member organisations. So if you're, you know, Salvation Army, Anglicare, right. um, Holyoke, all those kind of drug and alcohol specialist treatment mm-hmm. settings, um, they're the people who usually engage with ATDC, the staff level. So people out there individually who are seeking services or treatment, ATDC isn't the port of call for you. Right. Um, and, if, and if you call us up, we, we have like a script where we say, we aren't um, a service provider. We, we yeah. actually can't help you. You know, it's, we don't have anything here to help you, but here are the people who can. Yeah, that makes so much sense as to why I haven't heard of you before yeah, because right. I haven't been in an organisation <laughs> and like and everyone in, in, in that I work with is always like, oh, yeah, ATDC this, ATDC that. Yeah. And I'm thinking, who are these people <laughs> and what do they do? Because yeah. I need to know. So, yeah, so you're more of like a referral on if, if somebody was to contact you personally, like yeah. an individual. Yeah. So, so to put it in perspective, before I worked in this job, I was um, a case manager at Velocity Transformations, a drug and alcohol mm-hmm. um, rehab here. My first week or so at ATDC, a large portion of that was just trying to work out what a peak body is and what they do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because it's, because um, I'd come from the front line. Mm-hmm. I'd come from working with, you know, in a service provision yeah. to suddenly working in a peak body, mm-hmm. which doesn't do any service provision. Yeah. Um, it does a lot of other stuff, but it's no. There's no one-on-one. Like my counselling degree was useless. <laughs> yeah, <You know? laughs> gotta love that. <laughs> Spend all your time studying, and then you get in there, and you're just like, great. <laughs> great, great. <laughs> all that money and time I spent. Anyway, um, right, okay. So, so you're just taking applications through your email at the moment. Yeah, there will be a website soon, which will have a, an official. Um, expression of interest mm-hmm. process but at the moment until that gets launched sometime in September just emailing me uh, is the best way 
mm-hmm. and then we can have a discussion and uh, just I can send you through some paperwork, I can send you, you know, answer any questions and we can see if you are going to be a good fit mm-hmm. um, for the service, in which case um, I will induct you, which is a two-hour process, which you get paid for. Right, and if you're allowed to share, what does that induction what yeah. happens? What so is the process it? <laughs> of the, so, so if you get to the induction stage, the process of the induction is uh, I send you through um, our induction package, mm-hmm. which is a bunch of documents about the service. Mm-hmm, so you mm-hmm. can kind of answer any questions. Um, you come back and say, all right, I've read it. This is what I understand. And, you know, if you've got any questions, um, there's some paperwork for you to sign, which is kind of a, an agreement, a bit of a code of contact thing. Mm-hmm. And then once that's done, then you and I sit down and we have a bit of a lived experience review, mm-hmm. which is you, to whatever extent you're comfortable, share with me what your lived experience is in mm-hmm. drug and alcohol and um, you go as deep as you want. So because my background is in counselling and I've done a lot of work um, in a, in a clinic, clinical way, in a treatment setting, I've, I'm, I'm generally able to kind of create a safe space to explore that. Yep. Um, some people will go really, really deep into, you know, year by year what they've mm-hmm. experienced, others to give a much more general overview. And this is the time where you can say, yep, okay, so when I was a kid this happened, which then led to alcohol um, use, which then later on led to opiate use and this is where I'm at right now. Mm -hmm. Or it could be like, oh, yep, no, I've been drinking alcohol for the last five years and I don't want to stop and I'm just interested in my voice being heard. So got a full spectrum of lived experience and that's what the induction looks like. Um, I've put some of your details into our database, into our system. Um, I take notes, obviously, but I'm the only one who sees those notes. Yep. And then once you're in our system, once you're inducted, then um, I uh, will then discuss with you as roles come up, which are a good fit for you and your lived experience Mm -hmm. or a good fit for you and your particular passion points. Mm -hmm. We can then discuss, all right, so for me to put you forward for this role, I need to tell the requesting service a bit about yourself. So Mm -hmm. what are you willing to let me tell them? Yeah, okay. Yeah, so that's kind of more of... uh this is who I am, this is what I've been through, this is what I'm interested in, mm-hmm. do with that what you will, set me up yep. type situation. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that's it, that's it. Yep. And what other, like I'm assuming before the induction there's there's a whole other process of, of yep. things that people have to kind of meet. Yeah, and that's that's what I can't, we're still designing that, still yep. getting that down on down in a proper package. Yeah. But that will involve an expression of interest which will be answering, I don't know, I think between four or five questions mm-hmm. basically about why do you want to do this? Mm-hmm. Um, what 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 are you excited to bring to the table? What do you understand about it? That kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, just because there is quite a bit of, I guess, competition. It's a bit com- competitive to become a rep because right. you, you're getting paid for it. Yeah. Um, and so we don't want to... And we're not going to have any kind of representation bias. We want to take everyone. Yep. But we also just need to make sure that um, the people who join the service are the people who are most equipped to um, fill any roles that the mm-hmm. service gets. Yeah. Yeah, okay. So it's quite competitive. You've had a lot of – or, or you, you just – it's more of like a you, – you really want to make sure that the person is the right fit. It's not going to – Yeah, I mean it's competitive. I mean we have to – yeah, because, because other services – um, are paying as well. Mm-hmm. So other services are going to reach out and say, hey, we need someone for our job interview panel. Yeah. Okay, I, I can't just say, oh, well, I've just emailed this person. Let's chuck him in. I have yeah. to be like, okay, no, I've had this f- phone call. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. I've had this discussion. Mm-hmm. I know this about them. Mm-hmm. What's important to note is that we're not looking for like amazing um, communicators. We're not looking for people with degrees. We're yeah. actually just we, what we primarily want to do is make sure every part of lived experience gets addressed. Yeah. So that means if I've got five people emailing me and all five of them um, have primarily a story about alcohol dependence, mm-hmm. I'm probably going to um, prioritise someone else who comes in with a cannabis dependence. Does that make sense? So I yeah. can't just yeah, – um, yeah, yeah. we have to try and make sure we get the full spectrum. Yeah. So I, I don't want anyone to kind of have the false impression that just because you're interested, you're guaranteed to get rep roles. Yeah. But I also don't want to turn anyone back by saying, oh, it's because you're not a good communicator. That's not it at all. Exactly. There's a lot of other factors. Yeah. And if there are glaring barriers, I imagine there's, you know, a way we can get through them. Especially mm-hmm. as the service grows, we get more resources. We can say, "All right, we didn't have room for you before, but now we do." Yeah. Um, let's start that discussion. Exactly, and yeah, I think it's important if any of our listeners or if anybody out there is interested, they do give you an email because even if you don't get, like Kyle said, picked or however you want to phrase mm. it, um, there's other things that I'm sure would be valuable for you to do, and the interest is is the main thing, mm-hmm. and the motivation to to want to, you know, do something about it. Absolutely. Yeah. Awesome. Do you have anything else you'd like to share? No, I think we've, we've covered it. It's a pretty, it's very confusing, broad, tricky subject. So I hope I've I've managed to explain it as well as is possible. (laughs) There's a reason like our induction package is like 14 pages long. That's how complicated it all is. Yeah. But um, if anyone has any questions, yeah. Um, shoot me an email or just call the ATDC office. You can find the number online. Just mm-hmm. look up ATDC, Alcohol, Tobacco and Other Drug Council of Tasmania. Shoot us an email, give us a call. We'd love to answer any questions. Yeah, yeah. And can you just give us your email address one more time? So it's Kyle, <laughs> K-Y-L-E at atdc.org.au. Okay, awesome. Thank you so much for coming in and joining me. I've actually learned a lot, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which is great. <laughs> Easy. Thanks so cool. much. Thanks so That's it for another episode, everyone. Make sure you subscribe so you can join the conversation every week and don't forget to follow us on Facebook for previews of upcoming conversations, catch-up episodes and resources to everything we discussed here on Conversations to Connect. I'm Maddie, your host, and we'll catch you next time.